purpose in life is to serve you. Instead of getting caught up in our own selfish thoughts. Father, we also pray for people who are enduring sicknesses. Please put your healing hands around them. Give them peace, relief. Do all the things that you do because you're the, you're the great physician. Lord, as we continue this worship, we realize that we're small in numbers, but open our hearts, listen to this lesson, put these truths in our lives, realize that with this COVID virus, the only lesson some people are going to see is our, is our daily service to you. And Lord, as we continue through the service, we're mindful of of other people who's not able to be with us. Or let us reach out to them with a phone call or a card and say we missed you. You realize what we can do. And Lord, give us the courage to do these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Number 648. Would you stand, please? 648, we'll sing the first and the last. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high His royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory,
the information you need to get in touch with us. Uh, about, uh, again, I want to say I appreciate the elders uh, for asking me to do this and Mark to bring a lesson. I love doing it. Uh, it's, it's just it's a great way to study the Bible when you get a lesson together before a congregation. And I, I learn something different every time I do it. And I hope you get as much out of the lesson as, as, as I get out of them when I prepare them. Uh, about two weeks ago, I was in a was in the mountains on vacation. I got a text asking if I'd bring a lesson, and of course I jumped at the opportunity. But after I got off the phone with Keith, I thought, well, here I am in the mountains, and I ain't got a few days to prepare. So I got to thinking about it, and I woke up the next morning and was drinking a cup of coffee, sitting out on the little balcony we had, and for some reason or another. Ecclesiastes jumped into my mind. And I got to thinking more on it, and I got my phone out, and I got to looking through it. And if you're with us today, and you have your Bible, if you will, open your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's where the bulk of our lesson will come from this morning, and we'll not vary from it uh, to the end of the lesson. But if you'll open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're going to study through the first 17 verses, and we're going to read right now, we'll read the first eight verses. To everything there is a season, a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. If you ain't guessed it yet, the title, the title of my lesson is A Time. As we read these eight verses and you look at the first verse, it says... Uh, there is a, there, to everything there is a season. And there's a purpose under heaven for everything. A time, a purpose. But the first, in the second verse, the first two lines, it says a time to be born and a time to die. Well, we understand this fully. Because we're here today, we were born. But there's going to come a time that we're going to die. And then after this, all the way to the end of, uh, to the end of verse 8, he basically tells us everything that's going to go on in our lives. There's a time for everything that goes on in our lives. Uh, in verse number 4, he says, there's a time to mourn and a time to dance. Well, we're going to have things in our life that we are going to be sad about. But there's also, in that time to dance, means that there's going to be times in our life that we're going to have gladness in our lives. So everything that's mentioned here, that time will come in our lives. And I looked at verse number 7. Uh, verse number 6, the last two of it, and I said, you know, this, this applies to me. It says, a time to keep and a time to throw away. And here not too many weeks, more weeks ago, we had a yard sale. And my wife made me sell all of my treasures. To her, it was junk. But she made me sell my treasures. And I was a little upset at first, but then I realized, you know what, I can go get more treasures. I can build that back up. But anyway, it, it, it means also that there's a time that we must keep what goes in our life as Christians in our lives, and there's times some things happens in our lives that we want to get rid of. 
the things that we know that are not right. But then I went down and I read uh, verse 7, the last two, and it says a time to keep silent and a time to speak. And I've never been good at either one of them. I cannot, uh, I sometimes cannot keep silent. I know I speak way more than I should a lot of times. And a lot of us do that. I mean, and we don't, you know, most times we don't mean no harm in it when we do it. But we also got to examine ourselves and see how we are using these times in our lives. All the way to the end. In verse number 9, uh, well, another point I'd like to make here, and we got some young people out with us, and I brought this lesson last week down for our youth group. And I pointed out one of the things is today, and then even in our lives when we were young and born and, ready and growing old uh, to adulthood, we really as youth did not have a concept of time. We didn't know about it because we were just ready to get out, you know, and see the world and play and have a good time. And we didn't have to worry about nothing in our lives. That time was our own. Because in our lives at that time, our parents, our grandparents, and people around us were taking care of all our needs, taking care of everything we needed. All we had to worry about was having fun in our life and living our life for that joy. But as youth also, we, we want to grow old fast. I can remember wanting to get to school, ride that big yellow bus. I remember when I got in school, I couldn't wait to get to high school and be part of the older group. But then I remember when I got out of school and I got a job, I began, I began to realize how fast that time was going away. And then as you become more adult and you, and you, you get a relationship in your life and you get married and you have kids, you realize that that time goes faster and faster and faster. But we also understand that now, with our time, we're not just taking care of ourselves, we're taking care of those around about us. Even as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're taking care of those brothers and sisters around us and those around us that need our help. But as we also get older, I, you know, in this, this time next year I'll be 60 years old. I never thought the day would come I'd see 60 years old in my life. But it's here before I know it. Time goes by so fast. But we also got to understand that we cannot catch up. We cannot catch up on time that we've lost. When we raise our children in our, in, in our family we, and hopefully raise them in a Christian atmosphere and they leave, we've got to understand when our children leave our home. We still want to care for them and we still want to take care of them. And all we can do is we have them is, is teach them what it means to be good Christian men and women, good brothers and sisters in Christ. But we've got to understand that we cannot live their lives for them. They may go astray. But the Bible tells us if you lead them up in a way that is well under the Lord, that they will not turn away. And that's all we can hope and pray for and be an example for them as we do throughout our lives. But let's don't use our time trying to catch up. That time that we've had yesterday and today and, and a year ago and 20 years ago is gone. Let's live our lives now that we can be the best we can for what we need and what we know is ahead. And then in verse 9, he tells us, What profit has a worker from that in which he labors? This is Solomon writing this book. And he's asking, you know, what profit? Well, think about that in two ways. What profit does it make here on earth as a caretaker of your family, as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a, as a mother, that you take care of your family, you get gain. You always want your family to have the best they can. You want them to, to you know, always 
be safe, be content. But also we need to look at it in the way of a Christian. It's what profits us here on earth if we don't live our life the way we should and we lose ourselves. What is going to be our reward if we, the difference in our life we live today is do we live it for good or do we live it for evil? And that difference in our life will affect us at the end of our time. So we want to, we need to understand in our time here on earth, how are we going to live our life? Is it going to be for heaven or is it going to be for hell? And then in verse 10, he says, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. We've got to understand when Solomon is writing this here, that he's not writing this verses. He's not writing this chapter of Ecclesiastes as an unbeliever. Solomon was a believer. But he also got to understand at this time in his life that he started to feel overwhelmed because he knows what it means to live a life for that home in heaven, but he's not doing it. He understands that he's been doing things that God told him not to do. So he's being overcome with worry with the things that, that he knows he needs to change his life. But we can find, we hope he did. We hope he repented of his sins and what he done. But there's nowhere in the Bible that it tells us he did. But I hope he did, because I wouldn't mind meeting Solomon one day. But we need to understand and take that to our lives today in the time that we have, is we do not get overwhelmed with what's going on in our life. We do not get overwhelmed with worry, because God's in control. God is going to take care of us. It's human nature that we're going to worry, we're going to have things in our life, but we need to try our best to control that, to use our time to do what's profitable. For us and for God. And not let this overtake us to the point that we may lose our soul. Let's don't worry over the little things. Let's don't worry over anything if we can help it. And then we go to verse 11. And he says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also he has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. The first part of this verse when I read it uh, it, hit, it hit home where I was at. I was in Gatlinburg. And we always travel. We always, anybody goes up there, most of the time you're going to ride and you're going to travel around. And I remember, if you remember, not too many years ago, a big fire swept through that area. And it destroyed most everything from the top of the chimney top where it started down to Gatlinburg and passed. And very luckily it did not destroy Gatlinburg. But we went up there not too long after that fire. And y'all, that was the ugliest thing I believe I've ever seen in my life. The destruction that went on. Not just for the woods, but also for the people that lost their homes, their cabins, the, the businesses that were destroyed. And at that time, you couldn't, I couldn't understand why anybody would even want to go up there. But this last trip we just made a couple of weeks ago. And we went over the mountain again and we rode around. And when you start out at Gatlin, uh, Gatlinburg, where it was burnt, it started to become beautiful. God made everything beautiful. Man makes it ugly. Man started that fire. But God is showing His power and His might by what He's doing right now in that part of our country, making it beautiful once again. The green is showing people building back their lives. So let's remember that God is in control. And Solomon also is telling me here that even though he was the wisest man that probably will ever be on this earth, he still does not understand God, all God had put out, how God has said in His words. And none of us, I don't think, will truly understand it all. 
But we need to come to that understanding and that knowledge and use our time to gain that knowledge we need to understand what it means to be a true Christian. To be a good example to those around about us. To live our lives as God wants us to live. And then we go to verses 15 through uh, 12 through 15. 12 through 15, he tells us, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to, to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing shall be added to and nothing taken from it. God does it that man should fear before him. That which has already been and, and what is, is to be has already been, and God requires an account. In these verses, he, he, he's telling us so much here. So much that, and many times in the Bible, these things we reread. Uh, for example, the, the adding to and taking away. We read that many times in the New Testament, many times in the Old Testament. And, and it's sad that men would take the time to pervert God's Word, to make it ugly, to make it fit their lifestyle. That they'll take verses out of the Bible and they'll turn them around or they'll take something from it or they'll add something to it that will fit their lifestyle. They want the Bible to fit their lifestyle. As Christians, we know that this is so wrong, that our lifestyle fits the Bible. Because that's how we learn and we go and we have that road to heaven. By living what God says and commands us to do in His Word. But He also tells us here that we should fear God. And we should. Because if we don't fear God, then how are we going to follow His example and His commandments? If we don't fear that home in hell that could come at the end of our lives, how are we going to live that good life? How is it that... I'm afraid... Of that life in heaven. That's why I fear God. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I said heaven, I meant hell. That's why we study our Bible, the whole Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament. We live by the New Testament, but we study the Old Testament as we are today for the example it lends to us. But we must understand and use our time so wisely. And when people are around us, not be ashamed or afraid to show that we're Christians. To let them know that we're going to live our lives and we're going to use our time to live our lives for that, for that godly purpose of that home in heaven. And then in verse 15, the last line there, he tells them, And God requires an account of the past. He don't say that God maybe is going to say when you get there, well... You know, you've done pretty good. God requires an account of the past. So we need to make sure that we are living to the future. That we are living our lives the way we should. And then in verse, verses 16 and 17, we'll read 16 first. He says, Moreover, I saw under the sun in the place of judgment... Wickedness was there, and in the place of righteousness, iniquity was there. In this verse, you just get to you get the feeling that, that Solomon is talking, and this is this you got to understand this is this is at his time that he's writing this, that he's 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 saying that injustice, even at this time, injustice is prevailing on the earth. It seems like the evil is taking hold. In Isaiah 5 and 20, he says, you know, he tells us there are times that people are going to say evil is good and good is evil. 
Well, at this time, that's what Solomon said. Think about our world today. Our world today is a good example. The time we live in right now. How many people on this earth is telling us that evil is good and good is evil? Our political officials that we have, ones that could lead our country, are leading us to believe that abortion is a good thing. People's asked me this, and I've told them plainly, murder is murder. No matter what, it's not the child's fault. You're murdering a living being. They tell us, they want us to believe that homosexuality is a normal part of life, that you're born into that. And the only reason they're leading us down this way is because they want the power over the people. They don't want God in control. They want that control. We must remember this. We're living in a time too, that a time of me. Me. It's not what we can do, but it's what, what are you going to do for me? And our government is pushing this. Most of our government is pushing this by, by making promises to our people that we will take care of you. We will give you everything you need. It's free. Ladies and gentlemen, you know as well as I do, there is nothing free in this world. Somebody has got to pay that price. We don't need to be asking people for something all the time if we can get it and do it ourselves. There are times that we do need help and we don't need to be afraid to ask for it. There's times in our lives that things have went downhill and we, we need that help. Well, then ask for it. But don't make it a dependency. Don't say that I'm going to let the government, I'm going to let somebody take care of me all the time. We need to ask, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ, what can we do for them? What can we do for you? What can we do for our government? And especially, what can we do for God? In our time, let's ask what we can do for God. Because that's what we need. And then... In the last verse, he says, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for there for every purpose and for every work. He repeats the last, the first verse and the last verse. There is a time. There's a time in our lives right now for us to do what we know is right. Because at the end, there is a judgment. And there will be an evil place and there will be a wonderful great place. Let's live our lives and use our time for that. The last thing I want to look at is in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And in these three verses, he tells us in the first verse of 19, Do not lay up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where, and where uh, thieves break in and steal. In verse 20, he says, But lay up your treasures in heaven where rust and moth Cannot enter in, cannot destroy, where neither thieves can come in and steal and take away from you. But that last verse, 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. No more powerful words in the Bible. Mentioned in many different ways, but the same thing right here. When the end of our life is over, when our time has come to an end. Where is our treasures going to be? Is it going to be here on earth? Where we can be seen of men? So many people would rather be seen of men and, and, and brag and say what I've got on earth. I hope, 
I hope we are using our time and laying our treasures up for heaven. I appreciate your attendance. I appreciate the attention you've given me this morning. As we come to the end of this lesson, those that are watching us through video, if there's any way we can help you study more, we ask you to get in touch with us here at Midway. Y'all here today, if, if things have gone awry in your lives, if you've not been baptized, we're here and help you, ready to help you be baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He paid for our sins to be forgiven. He paid that price. It was not free. He came on this earth and died. If you've done something in your lives and you need to repent of it through prayer, then we're here for you for also in that manner. If you need help in any way this morning, we ask you to come forward as we stand and sing. Mighty Jesus, waiting, waiting in the cold, He will bear you gently, gently to His fold. I'll be reading from Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we, while we were sinners, enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more shall that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Our loving God, we're so thankful for that body of Christ who suffered for our sins. We pray on the Father as we eat of this bread, we'll do it in remembrance of that body in Christ's name. Amen. Our loving God, we're so thankful for that blood that was shed on the cross 
We have it, Father, we pray we'll never forget it. We pray as we drink of this fruit of the vine, we'll do it in a manner of pleasing in thy sight, in Christ's name. Amen. Our great God, we're so thankful for all the blessings that come from Thee. We're thankful for our health, our jobs, and all the things that we have. We pray to the Father that we have searched our hearts and we return back a portion to be pleasing in Thy sight. In Christ's name. Randall, we thank you for the lesson. As you all know, uh, both Mark and Marlene have COVID, and Mar- uh, Mark is at home, and he's improving. Uh, for those of us who have had the COVID virus, the fatigue factor is unbelievable, and Mark is going through those, some of those things. Also, Marlene, she's in UAB, and her oxygen levels uh, have improved some, and she's getting better slowly. Uh, she, you know, there's a possibility she'll come home sometime today, tomorrow, next week, who knows. But she's improving enough that uh, she'll be home soon, we hope. Judy Haynes uh, lives in Sylacauga. She's a good friend of Dwayne Barentine. And she's in the hospital with COVID, and she's had a small stroke, and her condition uh, is kind of stable right now, but Dwayne has asked for prayers for she and her family, and her son especially is a good friend of, of Dwayne's. Also, Betty Patton, she's at home, and she had surgery. Also, Sharon Patton had surgery, and she's at home. And Johnny Shoemate's having breathing problems, and he is at home. Brenda Evans, she is uh, having some tests run. Tommy and Tammy Barget are at home with COVID-19, and they're improving slowly along with Mark, and like Mark and Marlene, they're improving, improving slowly. Also, you know, Lynette Freeman is the mother of Benita Boyle, and she's in Grandview and following surgery, and... Zach Green is on a vent, and please remember him and Zach and his family uh, as Zach is having a really tough time with, with the COVID virus. We appreciate all of you, and we appreciate everyone working with us uh, on the order of our worship and the way our services are having to be done, and we appreciate that. And the downstairs group uh, are consistently there. With a, they have a, a, a group comes pretty steadily at anywhere between 40 and 55 people down there on a Sunday morning. 
And so we appreciate them also. Uh, at this time, our closing prayer will be led by Rick Tubbs. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to be here today to study from your word, worship you. Father, we pray that everything that we've done has been in spirit and in truth and in accordance with your will. Father, we're thankful for the lesson that we've heard. We pray that we'll take it and use it in our lives to live better lives for you. Father, we pray for those who have been mentioned who are sick, especially those with the COVID virus and those who are suffering from other illnesses as well. We pray you'd be with them and be with those who are caring for them and the healthcare professionals that are working with them. Father, we pray you'd be with us now as we depart. We pray you'd keep us safe. You'd give us your guidance that we would study your word and understand what we need to do to be your children on this earth. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you. 